the greatest basketball player of all time has two of the top five greatest moments in NBA Finals history. This is Radical Rankings. Hello and welcome listeners, this is Radical Rankings. I am your host, David Dolgan, providing new top ten lists every episode across all major sports. Make sure you're following the podcast at Rad Rankings on Instagram and Twitter. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode of Radical Rankings. Hello and welcome listeners to the first episode of Radical Rankings. I am David Dolgan, your host, and today's top ten list will be the top ten moments in NBA Finals history. I thought I'd like to make this list since the NBA Finals just ended recently And I'd like to dive deeper into the history of the NBA Finals and break down the top 10 greatest moments in the history of the Finals. And this isn't necessarily the most impressive moments. It's not necessarily the coolest moments. It's the top 10 most iconic moments in the history of the NBA Finals. It's what people will be talking about 40, 50 years from the time it happens. It's really what defines the NBA and what people will think about when they think what are the most iconic and greatest moments in NBA Finals history. So let's get it started. At the top of the list, number 10, we're going all the way back to the NBA Finals of 1962. Game 7, Celtics versus Lakers. The Celtics won Game 6 to force the 7th game. It was Bill Russell, Bob Cousy, Sam Jones, Tommy Heinsohn versus Jerry West and Elgin Baylor. One of the greatest rivalries in the history of sports. Celtics-Lakers, Game 7. It doesn't get any better than that when you're talking NBA Finals. Bill Russell, the best player in the world at the time. In Game 7, he was a winner. All he did was win and do what he could to help his team win. And that is exactly what he did in Game 7 as he dropped 30 points and 40, yes, I repeat, 40 rebounds in Game 7 of the NBA Finals in 1962 versus the Los Angeles Lakers. And most importantly, they go on to win the game, the fourth straight title for the Boston Celtics, the fifth title in their history. The Celtics were the Lakers' kryptonite forever, And Bill Russell was the main reason because of that. And this is probably the most iconic moment in the Bill Russell versus the Lakers rivalry throughout the 1960s. It came here in 1962 when Bill Russell had one of the clutchest performances in the history of sports, dropping 30 points and 40 rebounds. He couldn't be stopped. He was not necessarily known for his offensive game, He wasn't known to be the most lethal scorer, but in times when it mattered, Bill Russell came through, dropping 30 points and 40 rebounds. And there's a reason that man has 11 NBA titles, because of performances like this. And that is why Bill Russell's 30-point, 40-rebound game makes this list. Let's go to number 9. Coming in at number 9, we're going to 1987. Game 4, another Celtics versus Lakers game. This one is Magic Johnson's baby hook with the Lakers coming back in Game 4. Going into this game, the Lakers were up in the series 2-1 versus the Boston Celtics. Magic versus Bird. Magic, most people would agree that this was his best season that he's ever had. He won the MVP, and at this point, 
people knew that Magic was the best player in the NBA. He was better than Larry Bird at this point in time. But it was once again Lakers versus Celtics in the NBA Finals. And going into this game, the Lakers were up 2-1. The Celtics knew they had to do something to win this game. And they were winning most of this game. The Lakers were down by 14 points late in the third quarter. They were in trouble. They came right back into the game. They took the lead at the very end. And with 12 seconds left, Larry Bird, one of the most clutch players in the history of basketball, hits a three-point shot. In addition, he told the Lakers before he hit the three-point shot, he told the Lakers defensive players exactly what he was going to do. He told them he was going to go, set up in the corner, catch and shoot a three-point shot. That's exactly what he did, and he made the shot, and they still couldn't stop him because that's how amazing Larry Bird was, and the Lakers were in trouble at this point. They were down 106-105 to with seven seconds left, and we all know what happens next. Magic Johnson gets the ball works on Kevin McHale, drives in, and hits his teammate's signature shot right in the face of Kevin McHale at the Boston Garden. Pretty much ending the game for the Lakers with two seconds left. Gives them a one-point lead. Larry Bird did have a chance. He did have a chance to win the game. He did get an open look with two seconds left, but he missed it. And the Lakers... Go up 3-1 to one in the series. It was over at that point. Even Larry Bird knew it. He was interviewed after the game, and he said, when I'm up 3-1, to one, I know the series is over. And that's exactly what happened. The series was over. The Lakers went on to win the finals in 1987, and the Celtics would not make it back until 2008. Magic Johnson's baby hook shot, one of the most iconic moments in the history of the Lakers-Celtics rivalry. Let's move on to number eight. At number eight, we have another Celtics moment. I promise it's not all Lakers and Celtics, but there are definitely a lot of them, and this one is the Boston Celtics. We're going all the way back to 1957. The first ever title for the Boston Celtics. One of the most iconic franchises in North American sports history. The Boston Celtics win their first ever title. A double overtime thriller in Game 7 of the NBA Finals. It was in Boston. Bob Pettit had 39 points for the Hawks, but it was not enough to beat the Boston Celtics. It was Bill Russell's rookie year. He won the title. He had 32 rebounds in this game. Again, Bill Russell always coming through when it matters most to win the game because he's one of the greatest winners in the history of sports. One of the most disrespected athletes in the history of sports. That's a subject for another day. But the Boston Celtics win their first ever title in double overtime in Game 7 back in the 1957 NBA Finals. I don't think this gets talked about enough. I get it. It's 1957. But... It was the first ever title for one of the most iconic sports franchises in North American sports in double overtime in Game 7. It doesn't get much better than that. Let's move on to number 7. At number 7, we got another Lakers moment. This one is 1980, Lakers versus 76ers. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar 
was having one of the greatest finals performances of all time. He was the best player in the world at the time. MVP of the league. The biggest factor in this series by far. He was averaging over 30 points per game. And in game five, he hurts his ankle and goes down. And Lakers fans and Lakers players knew that that could have been the end of the series for the Lakers. They were up 3-1. Kareem goes down. They lose game five. And Magic Johnson... Good old Magic, the rookie for the Los Angeles Lakers. Going into game six after Kareem gets hurt in game five and the Lakers lose game five to the 76ers. They were getting on the plane to fly out to Philly. And Magic Johnson sits in Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's seat that he normally sits in on the plane. He sat in his seat. And everyone walked past him and looked at him. And they're like, what are you doing? And Magic says, never fear. Magic is here. While sitting in Kareem's seat. And it gave everyone on the Lakers a good laugh. And Magic had the idea. The rookie point guard, Magic Johnson, had the idea to start at center. That's unheard of. Magic Johnson was a point guard. He had the idea to start at center. For the seven-feet star, best player in the world, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson says that he could start at center for the MVP of the league. And at first, Lakers players and coaches thought it was a joke, and he said, no, I can do this. Put me in at center, and we'll win the game. And they decided to do that, and that's exactly what happened. Magic Johnson went on. And dropped 42 points, 15 rebounds, and 7 assists. And the Lakers won game 6 by a wide margin. Magic Johnson goes on to win finals MVP. Did he really deserve to win finals MVP? Probably not. If you look at the numbers, Kareem was the factor. But because of how iconic the moment was, and how great the moment was of Magic Johnson as a rookie point guard, deciding to play center for one of the greatest players in NBA history. Obviously, Magic ended up going on to be one of the greatest players in NBA history, but in this moment in time, Kareem was one of the greatest players of all time, and Magic Johnson decided to play center for him, dropped 42-15-7, and and wins finals MVP. I'd say it was well-deserved. Magic Johnson playing center for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the seventh greatest moment in NBA finals history. Let's move on to number six. At number six, we're going to 1970, Game 7 of the NBA Finals. New York Knicks versus Los Angeles Lakers. The MVP of the NBA Finals in 1970, Willis Reed, star center for the New York Knicks. Going into the game, nobody knew if Willis Reed was playing. He had a thigh injury. Nobody knew if he was playing. No no Knicks fans knew, no Lakers fans knew, none of the players knew. It was the most talked about event in America going into that game. Nobody knew if he was playing, no one in the stadium knew. At Madison Square Garden, Lakers-Knicks, and all of a sudden, Willis Reed jogs out of the tunnel, and the whole place erupts. It gave the Knicks hope. It gave the players, the fans, it gave everybody hope. Willis Reed really should not have played in this game. 
jogs out of the tunnel dressed in game uniform and everyone felt the energy in the stadium it completely changed the feeling of the game for the Knicks he comes into the game and he hits the first few shots of the game for the Knicks and the place erupts it gives the whole team momentum and the Knicks go on to kill the Lakers because Willis Reed defies the odds comes into the game with a bad thigh injury Hits a few shots, gets the Knicks going, and that wins the Knicks their first ever NBA title in 1970 against the Los Angeles Lakers. Known as the Willis-Reed game, that's the sixth greatest moment in NBA Finals history. Next, number five. I think that this one is probably the least iconic moment on this list simply because of the fact that there's not a whole lot of backstory to it and it doesn't involve one of the greatest players in NBA history like the rest of the list does. However, this moment was so unbelievably crazy, and it was probably the craziest game in NBA history that it has to be high up on this list. It's not as iconic, but it's so crazy that it has to make this list. And this one is Game 5 of the 1976 NBA Finals. Celtics versus Suns. It's known as the shot heard around the world. Really, all the craziness starts in double overtime of this game. So let me give you the backstory. The Celtics are tied with the Suns, 2-2, two to two. game five, pivotal game five. The home teams were winning every game of the series. Boston started out the first two at home. They won both. Then the series went to Phoenix, and Phoenix won two in a row. So game five, coming back to the Boston Garden. This was a pivotal game, and we find ourselves in double overtime. With 15 seconds left, Suns' Dick Van Arsdale hits a mid-range jumper with 15 seconds left to make it a one-point game. Celtics are up one. The next thing that happens is Paul Westfall, Suns' guard, steals the inbound pass, and that leads to a Curtis Perry made jumper. With five seconds to go, the Suns take a one-point lead. So already, a shot by Dick Van Arsdale, cut it to one, and then Paul Westfall stole the inbound pass, led to a Curtis Perry jump with five seconds left. Suns up one. Next play, John Havlicek receives the inbound pass and hits a shot with a second left. But the fans at Boston Garden and the Celtics players thought that it was at the buzzer. And this was back in the time where fans would storm the court, especially at Boston Garden. There were so many moments where fans would storm the court, and this was one of them. John Havlicek hits the shot with a second left, and the fans stormed the court thinking the game was over. So we got pandemonium, absolute pandemonium, as there are fans all over the court, Celtics players are celebrating, running into the locker room. But there's still a second left, folks. There is still a second left in the game. So the Celtics lead by one with a second left. And in all this chaos, one of the referees got in a fight with a fan. So there was so much chaos going on. There's fans all over the court. Celtics players walking in the locker room. But there's still a second left in the game. So security and everyone, the refs, have to clear the fans off of the court. And because there's still a second left in the game, and it's the Suns' ball, 
They're down by one. But here's the situation. At the time, how the rule worked was if you call a timeout and you don't have any timeouts, it's a technical foul, but you still get the ball. So basically what happens is the Suns do not have a timeout at this point in time. Celtics are up one. Suns have no timeouts. And the Suns, they don't want to inbound from the baseline because then they're going to have to probably just shoot up a full court shot. So they think we'll call a timeout. The Celtics will get a free throw, make it a two-point game, and we'll be able to advance the ball to get an actual jumper up. And that's exactly what happened. The Suns called a timeout with no timeouts left. So JoJo White shoots a technical free throw, and the Suns get the ball. He makes the free throw. The Suns inbound the ball past half court. So now they're inbounding the ball close to the basket. Down by two. And I'm going to let Brent Musburger and Rick Barry take over to show you what happens so you could hear how crazy this play was. So hopefully that will give you a good understanding on hearing the pandemonium that went on with that shot. That Garhard hit absolute back and forth between the Phoenix Suns and Boston Celtics. And it was just one of those games that it seemed like this team was definitely going to win. And then it was like, no, this team's going to win. No, this team's going to win. And it was so back and forth at the very end, unlike anything we've ever seen in the history of the NBA. And Gar Hurd hits the shot to force a third overtime in the NBA Finals Game 5, pivotal Game 5. The Celtics would go on to win in triple overtime, but Gar Hurd's shot heard around the world will go down as one of the craziest moments in NBA history. So after all that, let's go to number four. At number four, we got the flu game. Game five of the NBA Finals in 1997. Michael Jordan is not feeling well pregame. It's the biggest news story of the evening. Michael Jordan wakes up with flu-like symptoms. Was it food poisoning? Was it a hangover? We will never know. However, we will know that under those flu-like symptoms, Michael Jordan drops 38 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists in Game 5 of the NBA Finals. It was tied. It was 2-2 two two in the series in a pivotal Game 5. The sports star of the world isn't feeling well, and he proves that he's not human. Michael Jordan does the unthinkable. There's a reason there's a shoe named after this. This is just unheard of. It's 2-2 two to two in a game five, and Michael Jordan has flu-like symptoms. He's not feeling like we all know we can't get out of bed with the flu. Us humans, in our species that we are, when we have the flu, we have trouble getting out of bed. But Michael Jordan, clearly he's not human 
because with the flu, he's still able to go to work, show up to an NBA Finals game in a 2-2 series and drop 38.7 rebounds and 5 assists. That is unhuman. Absolutely inhuman. He hits the go-ahead three-pointer with 25 seconds to go. 15 fourth-quarter points. An absolute classic Jordan performance in the second-last season of his career with the Chicago Bulls in the NBA Finals. Just absolutely iconic. You can't describe it. That's something that would happen in a movie, not in real life. But I guess with someone who's inhuman, the flu game is possible. And for Michael Jordan, the flu game is possible. Let's move on, number three. And at number three, we have the clutchest shot in NBA history. This shot defined so much for so many people and determined the outcomes and changed so much of the careers of multiple NBA superstars. And there's so much to be said about this shot because if this shot does not go in, we're having different conversations for the rankings of different NBA superstars. And if you don't know what shot I'm talking about by now, this is 2013, Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Ray Allen, his three-point shot. The Heat are down by three to the Spurs in Game 7. They're down three to two in the series. All the Spurs need to do is not give up a three. And that's exactly what they do. LeBron misses a three with 10 seconds left. Chris Bosh gets the rebound, passes it out to Ray Allen, one of the greatest shooters in NBA history, and he hits the clutchest shot of not only his career, but the clutchest shot in the history of the NBA. With five seconds to go, he ties it up 95-95. The Heat go on to win the ball game, and they go on to win a classic Game 7 that did not make this list, but that was one of the best games in NBA Finals history, Game 7. But it was in Game 6, Ray Allen's 3. The clutchest shot in NBA history that defined so much. The Heat went on to win the NBA Finals against the San Antonio Spurs, and there's a lot to be said. There's so much that goes into this. First of all, Tim Duncan was out of the game. He was on the sideline in this play. Why, I don't know, but he was not in the game at the time, which allowed Chris Bosh to get the offensive rebound and pass it out to Ray Allen, who hit that three. So you could say if Tim Duncan was in the game, there's a very solid chance he gets the rebound and a very solid chance the Spurs close it out in six. And this was the only finals loss in Tim Duncan's career. He's 5-1 and one in the NBA Finals. If, if they win this game, he's 5-0, and oh, and they won the season after. You could say if they didn't lose this series the way that they did, that they wouldn't have the motivation necessarily that they did the next year. Because in 2014, that's one of the greatest teams of all time because of the fact that they were so incredibly motivated to win since they lost in such heartbreaking and agonizing fashion in 2013. You could make that argument, but all I know is if Ray Allen doesn't hit this shot, Tim Duncan is undefeated at this point in time in his NBA Finals career. It's the only loss 
on his resume because he wasn't in the game. So that's one thing to talk about. And if that happens, if let's say Tim Duncan is 6-0 and in his NBA Finals career, where are we talking about ranking Tim Duncan? Because, I mean, you'd have to put him, I feel like he'd be unanimously top five if that's the case. I really do. I feel like a lot of people would even have him top three. I mean, I have Tim Duncan in my top five players of all time, but I think that's something to keep in mind. I think he'd be unanimously top five. So that's one thing to talk about. Another one, and this is obviously the one that's most talked about, is LeBron's resume. If Ray Allen misses this shot, say what you want. Yes, LeBron had an absolute heroic performance in Game 7. I'm very aware of that. Ray Allen didn't score a point in Game 7. I'm aware. But if Ray Allen misses this shot, LeBron moves on to 1-3 in in his NBA Finals career, and the Heat would have one championship with this big three after saying they'd win eight after the biggest free agency move in probably sports history they would end up only winning one championship with this heat team if ray allen doesn't hit this shot simple it's that simple yes lebron went off in game seven yes lebron hit an unbelievably clutch jumper to secure the series for the Heat in Game 7. But if Ray Allen does not hit this shot, the Heat lose the series, and they only win one championship with this core that they built. And that's why this is the most clutch shot in NBA history. The reason this is not higher on this list is because the next two moments are two, the, the two greatest players in NBA history, and it's the most defining moments from each of their careers. Ray Allen, yes, he's great. Yes, he's a legend, but... Let's be honest, Ray Allen is not a top two player in NBA history. Let's move on. Number two, 2016 NBA Finals. LeBron James fulfills his promise to bring a title to the city of Cleveland, and he does it in dramatic fashion. The 73-9 Warriors, the greatest regular season run of all time, more wins than the 1996 Chicago Bulls, the 73-9 Warriors, people were saying were the greatest team of all time. LeBron James comes back down 3-1. to one. Draymond suspended game five. The Cavs take advantage and win that game. They win game six in Cleveland to force a game seven at Oracle Arena, and LeBron James comes through on the biggest stage with the block of the century on Andre Iguodala. Kyrie Irving hits the three-point shot with a minute to go. And the Cavaliers win Game 7 of the NBA Finals. LeBron James collapses to the floor in tears. He did it. He fulfilled his promise. That was what he was trying to do his entire career, was bring a title to the city of Cleveland. And he did that here. And this moment kind of summarized what his entire career was all about and it was the greatest achievement in his career game seven of the nba finals in 2016 was probably the greatest game of this decade in the nba and was it the craziest game no 
But this list isn't necessarily about the craziest, most clutch performances. It is about the most iconic, the greatest. The background stories have so much to do with this list. And that's why this moment is number two. Because the background stories going into this are unbelievable. And it was capped off in dramatic fashion. Number two, LeBron James completes the comeback against the 73-9 and Warriors to bring a title to the city of Cleveland. Let's move on to number one. And number one belongs to the greatest basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan, 1998, Game 6. Bulls Jazz. The Bulls are up 3-2 in the series in Utah. John Stockton hits a three-point shot to put the Jazz up three with 41.9 seconds to go. Next play, Michael Jordan gets the ball, scores quickly. A two-point shot makes it a one-point game. The score is 86-85 to Utah. The Jazz go down the court. Carl Malone has the ball. And look out. It was stripped from behind by who else but number 23, Michael Jordan, who steals the ball with about 20 seconds left. And I'm going to let Bob Costas take over to take you through the greatest moment in NBA Finals history. Seconds. 17 seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan, open. Chicago with the lead. Timeout, Utah. 5.2 seconds left. Michael Jordan running on fumes with 45 points. That call gives me chills every single time I hear it. Michael Jordan, the last shot he ever took as a Chicago Bull was the go-ahead shot in Game 6 of the NBA Finals. John Stockton would end up missing the shot on the next possession. The Bulls would win the sixth NBA championship in their history. Michael Jordan goes 6-0 and in the NBA Finals, and it was capped off by that moment. The shot with about 35 seconds left, the steal on Carl Malone, and then the shot over Byron Russell to cap off his career as a Chicago Bull. It's the greatest moment in NBA history. And that is my list of the top 10 greatest moments in NBA Finals history. Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of Radical Rankings. I am David Dolgan signing off. Thank you for listening.